where we begin tonight is the three most important days in the history of the world in which everything changed. Everything changed. There are no more significant days than these days. And you guys are obviously the hardcores. You made it out. I'm impressed. Tonight, there's many things that happen. One of them, obviously, is the washing of the feet, the procession of the Eucharist as Jesus being led off uh, to jail. But one of my favorite things, and listen for it tonight, is a little device that we call the Crolatus. It's used once a year at one point in one Mass. That's what I love about our faith. We have one thing for one point in one Mass. And what it is, is it's a wooden clacker. And so instead of hearing the bells when I elevate, you're going to hear three cracks of wood on wood. And it's to be a reminder that even though this is the great feast of the institution of the Eucharist, the institution of the priesthood, very near is the death. Listen for it. It's meant to be jarring. It's meant to wake you up. And as I said, today is the feast of the institution of the priesthood. And the greatest gift that the world has ever been given is the Eucharist. And the two go together. They're inseparable. You cannot have the Eucharist without the priesthood. And you can't have the priesthood without the Eucharist. It's inherently ordered toward the Eucharist. And in my 15 short years as a priest, I have realized that one feeds the other. And the closer you are to the Eucharist as a priest, the more joy you will have. Not the easier life is going to be. The more joy you will have. I want you to know that I love being a priest. I really do. And I love being your priest. I love to serve at this parish and to serve all of you. It's been difficult at no time, uh, no doubt at times. But every day I am grateful for the priesthood. And God has been so good to me. So good. I know I've told you this story before, but when I was first ordained and I was at the cathedral of the Holy Spirit, face down, prostrate on the marble. In that moment, I just said, Jesus, never stop amazing me. And he said so clearly back to me, then never stop coming to me. The idea being, do you want to be amazed? Do you want to have joy? Do you want to have life? Then stay close to the Eucharist. The priesthood is fueled by the Eucharist. It is sustained by the Eucharist. And its joy, I am convinced, flows from the Eucharist. But so many that I encounter are losing joy. I see it every day. And I really believe it is because the bulk of Catholics are not Eucharistic. They're Sunday mass goers. They follow rules. But they haven't encountered the Eucharistic heart of Jesus. 
They're not rooted in the Eucharist. I recently heard a podcast by a priest I highly respect. His name is Father John Ricardo. He lives in Detroit. And he spoke about these two articles that he had recently read. The first article asked this question. Why is living shorter and dying sooner a new trend in America? For the third year in a row, you guys, the third year in a row, the life expectancy in America, despite our unbelievable advances in medical technology and medicine, for the third year in a row, the life expectancy in America has gone down. The first time that has happened since 1918. Anybody know what happened in 1918? The Spanish flu. Estimated one-third of the world was infected with that virus. The number of deaths, they estimate around 50 million worldwide. 700,000 in this country. The worst recorded pandemic in the history of our country. I was telling somebody recently about this third straight year of declining life expectancy. They said, oh yeah, well that's because of COVID. Wrong. It's not because of COVID. The deaths that are causing the number to decline, the author notes, are what he calls, what is actually called, deaths by despair. What does that mean? There are, category, there are three categories. Suicide. Drug-related fatalities. I don't know if you know this, but for the first time ever in America, the number one killer of 18 to 24-year-olds is fentanyl overdose. Suicide, drug-related fatalities, and third, liver cirrhosis, which is caused by alcoholism. It notes that it is especially high in the ages 25 to 34, that that age group is literally drinking themselves to death. The author also wrote another article. But in the one on death by despair, his last line is this. It appears that America is losing hope. The second article he wrote was, America has a new tune, losing its religion. Which it took me a while to pick that up. It's, you know that, losing my religion? Okay, anyway. I thought, yeah, it was clever. In this article, same author, he reports that for the first time ever in America, first time ever, that Christian, Catholic Christians and Catholic evangelicals are at the same level as groups that don't profess any religious affiliation. They call them the nuns. Have you ever heard of that? Not N-U-N-S, not the, the habited, veiled women. The N-O-N-E-S. They have nothing. For the first time ever in America, there are as many people professing no religion as there are Christians in America. That's insane. Now, the author doesn't pull these two articles together, but I think there's a definite correlation. Vatican II wrote this. Without the creator, the creature will disappear. And when God is forgotten, the creature itself grows unintelligible. St. John Paul II said, The eclipse of the sense of God has devastating consequences for the creature that is created in his image and likeness. 
A world without God can only be a world without meaning. And when life has no meaning, you will do whatever it takes to escape. And that will cause despair. It's not that America seems to be losing hope. America has no hope. When we lose God, we lose everything. But here's the good news. That's the bad news. But we as Christians are full of good news all the time. The good news is tonight. And what these next three days are going to proclaim to the world. And that is this. There is a way out. And it's tied to this mysterious figure in the Old Testament. And we hear about it in the first reading. And the figure is a lamb. A lamb. But before the Exodus, we hear about it with Abraham. Remember, Abraham and Isaac are going up Mount Moriah. And Isaac looks over and he says, Father, here's the wood. Here's the fire. Where's the sacrifice? Where's the lamb? And Abraham, who is walking up to sacrifice his own firstborn son, looks at his son and says to him, God will provide the lamb. God will provide it. And then in the Exodus, about what we hear in the first reading, the lamb and its blood will be a means in which God will rescue the descendants of Abraham from slavery. The lamb is to be slaughtered in the evening. The blood was sprinkled on the doors of the Israelites and its flesh was eaten by all who were present for the sacrifice. As Deacon Ben said on Palm Sunday, this is the oldest meal that is still celebrated in the world. This went on for thousands of years and then one day, one day there's this crazy, wild-haired guy in the desert whose name is John. And he's baptizing people. And all of a sudden, he looks up and he sees a guy walking. Just a guy walking. And he's like, there he is! It's the Lamb! Behold, the Lamb of God! That's the one who's going to fix your problems. That's the one who's going to get us out of this mess. And he screams at the top of his voice. John is saying that this is the one promised from Abraham. God will provide the lamb. He's the one we've been longing for. And he has a name. And his name is Jesus. And here's what I think he wants to say to all of you tonight. Especially those who find yourself in a difficult place. Discouraged, depressed, maybe even despairing. When it comes to one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament, Exodus 14, 14. The Israelites are looking out at the Red Sea. A huge body of water blocking their way. And they realize that Pharaoh has changed his mind. And the most powerful army in the world is bearing down on them and they have no escape. And it is in that moment that God says to Moses this. He says, Moses, tell the people to stand still and watch. 
Because I am going to fight for them. God himself provides the way out. And he does it again tonight. He gives us himself in the Eucharist as our way out of slavery to this world, out of the meaninglessness of the secular mind. Hear those words from the altar tonight that echo into eternity, the words that change the world forever. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The Lamb has come. The sacrifice is accomplished. The gift is given. And now, everything is different. Everything has meaning. And above all, that should fill our hearts with indescribable joy. May we rally close to the Eucharistic heart of Jesus and never leave him, but always stay close to him. And then we will see that that gift tonight is the way out.